time, space, reality. It's more than a linear path. It's a prism of endless possibility where a single choice can branch out into infinite realities, creating alternate worlds from the ones you know. I am the Watcher. I am your guide through these vast new realities. Follow me and ponder the question, what if Wonder Rob was gone for a week and then returned to the podcast? Come on, shop. Well, it's time to record now. Yeah, Wonder Rob, I just can't wait to record now. We met on stage because we like to perform now. We're best of friends co-hosting all of our shows now. It's time to celebrate our energy. With new shows for you to blast every freaking week. Come on, shop. It's time to let our geek speak. I hear you, Rob. My geek speak has crazy tech. We move up Marvel. DC's okay. Our content rocks. Geek news all day! We're gamers too! We play for fun! I'm Trekkie Proud! Phasers to stun! Film and TV! Our force is strong! Geek so to speak! Where you belong! Geek so to speak! 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 Welcome back, fellow geeks, for another episode of Geek So To Speak Podcast, your source for all things geek. I'm your co-host, Wonder Rob. That's right, I'm back. What if I'm back, baby? I'm here to talk about all things geek with my co-host with the most, my best friend in the whole wide world, the yin to my yang, the 007 to my money penny, Shaf. How's it going, Shaf? Oh, what if... I had a really good time with Vactor. Would that make you upset? <laughs> what if I storm off the podcast right now? What if I pay you to not do that? <laughs> what if... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what if I give you a little reach around? You know, a little sweeten the deal. What if... Now you're speaking my language. <laughs> what if... Hi, Wonder Mom. <laughs> what if I move on with the podcast? <laughs> this is Geek So To Speak podcast, episode number 174. We're your source for all things geek. We're talking movies, TV shows, comic books, video games, trailers, geek news, and everything in between. And once again, thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate it if you're... A first-time listener, go ahead and hit the subscribe button on whatever platform it is. If you're a returning listener, hey, we appreciate you. You're the geek, so to speak, fluffers. And, well, you make us hard and erect with content every week, and we appreciate it. So thank you. Thank you very much. This week, we're going to be talking about what if. What if just wrapped up last week, and we are going to get down to the nitty-gritty. And we're going to rank each episode. Will we... Will we run into another reason where our friendship is tested aside from Shaf cheating on me last week with Factor? <laughs> well, we'll see. 
We'll see. We also we're gonna <laughs> it's talk not cheating. I did it out. I did it out in the open. I even published it. <laughs> oh my god! That, He's an exhibitionist, folks. Yeah, I want people to know. <laughs> <laughs> we're also gonna talk some James Bond. No time to die. Plus all the latest and greatest geek news. All the usual stuff. If you haven't uh, already subscribed, oh, I said that already. Well. That's just a reminder. Go ahead and subscribe again. If you want to suggest anything for us to talk about, whether it be a geek movie torture, you want us to talk about a particular news article, anything to review, or you just want to comment on the show, by all means, you can drop us a line at geeksotospeakpodcast at gmail.com or check us out on anchor.fm slash geeksotospeakpodcast. There might be hyphens in there, but check the show notes. The link's in the description. And you can always leave us a nice, tasty voicemail. Or, if you feel so inclined, to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, and we'll give you a very special, sexy shout-out on the show. Ooh. Ooh. All right. Ooh. That might be the, the fastest and most succinct intro to the podcast I've ever done. It's true. Maybe we should just save it and <laughs> use it for every time I, I host and just slap it on the top. Um, so... Shaf, I'm gone. Well, I was gone, I mean, but I'm back. I'm back. And as you know, as the listeners know, we like to start the show with a little game of catch-up. Yeah. Seeing how each other's weeks have been. I've been particularly busy and preoccupied, as you know, and as the listeners, the loyal listeners know. But before I get into all that, tell me, Shaf, how's your week been, buddy? Oh, well, first of all, Wonder Rob, I just want to say you were missed. I had a great time with Vactor. He was an excellent substitute co-host, but there is no replacing you, Wonder Rob. I just want you to know that. So That's right. I'm in the theme song. He's not. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it's true. Um, this past week, I have been slammed with work. I've been very busy. Um, uh, just as our, as our loyal listeners know, I've, I started a new job recently, and it, it's very commanding of my time right now because I'm trying to get up to speed with what's expected of me and all the different types of cases and stuff that I'd be working. Uh, so it, it can be a little bit challenging. It's very time-consuming, and it definitely keeps me glued to my com- to my work computer and just like working nonstop. So I've I haven't had a whole, whole lot of time for much of anything else. Been doing a bunch of VO on the side, which has been great through Fiverr. Um, but two things I wanted to give shout outs to Wonder Rob over the past week. Um, I have been working on the newest Lego set that I purchased. Oh, it is shoot. it is a Lego uh, version of the question block from the Super Mario 64, specifically 64. And I say 64 because um, this question block has a bunch of hidden compartments that open up. And uh, there are little dioramas of the various levels of Super Mario 64, like bob uh, King bob like Battlefield, um, Cool Cool Mountain, Lethal Lava, whatever that, pla- that place is called. <laughs> um, there's, uh, and also there's the Ice one, two, maybe that is Cool Cool Mountain. Yeah, okay. Anyways, the point is... Um, there's a lot of cool stuff and I'll show you Wonder Rob just so you can <gasps> see it. Don't let it fall apart. Oops. Okay. So is this coming through pretty clearly? I don't have. Oh, I can see it. Okay. Cool. I can see it. So it, I'll our, give our I'll describe it for the listeners. Yeah, yes, for our listeners, yes. It's a cube, right? It's, it looks like a, it's a yellow cube. It looks just like the question blocks from the video game. Um, it has a lot of compartments though. So like parts will open up 
and inside I've got like what Whoa. fell out was a uh, a miniaturized Bowser. Let me um see. Oh, here he is. That thing's huge too. What do you think that is? It's like a a square foot. Um, it looks like twelve no, inches by say, twelve inches. I would say about six to seven inches tall and uh, wide. Yeah. Oh man, I'm always misjudging size. <laughs> <laughs> and this is little Bowser. Bowser Bowser's like um, two inches tall. Um, He's shop is showing me his Lego Bowser that he made. Yeah, very cute. Uh, so there's like a miniaturized version of of Mario and and Peach and everything else too. And I, t- it's just a lot of fun. It's a really cool set. Really cool set. Um, so I've been building that. It's about halfway done. Um, there's still a lot of internal components. It's very mechanical. Um, and once it's all done, I'll make sure to take a bunch of pictures. We'll put it up on various social media and stuff. So you guys can all uh, check it out. Um, but the nice. other thing I wa- I watched, I watched Well, it kind of feels like I watched it. So I've been getting into comiXology on my iPad. Yeah. And I downloaded the first issue, which is available for free on there, um, on the unlimited, uh, subscription, uh, the first issue of the last Ronin. Oh, <gasps> Now, I'm, before I, I'm not going to spoil anything plot wise, uh, because I know that there are fellow geeks out there that have not yet had a chance to read this. And I don't want to spoil um, any any plot developments, especially um, what happens at the end of the first issue. So I'm not going to tell you anything about that because you deserve to find that out in your own organic way of reading a comic book. But um, but quick shout out to Comixology, because like I said before, they have this guided format where you only see one panel at a time and the way it cycles through the panels, it really feels like it's a motion comic. And, Mm -hmm. uh, so it kind of feels like an animated thing. And a lot of these panels are, they really kind of evoke, uh, invoke sort of like a, uh, um, a gritty sort of look to the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh, it reminds me a lot of the, uh, graphic novel series, that came out probably within the past 10 years. It's, I mean, it's had so many issues, but, uh, where the, the art is, is just, it almost looks like a sketch more than anything else, but it does have color. It's just, it's really, really cool. Um, I dig the art. The writing is fantastic. Um, there's, a. I don't want to call it a twist at the end, but there's definitely a reveal that you don't see coming, or at least I didn't see coming. Uh, so it's, it's fantastic, but I highly recommend the last Ronin, um, which uh, is about the Ninja Turtles, but it takes place in the future. Uh, yes. So there, are they not teenage mutant Ninja Turtles anymore? <laughs> They're middle-aged. You're right. Yeah. It's Ninja safe Turtles. to say, it's safe to say they've moved on from the teenage phase. <laughs> <laughs> well, turtles live to be like 200 years old. So who knows? That's true. That's true. But, um, it definitely is the future. The future, uh, enough so that the main villain, I can say this much without spoiling anything, the main villain, at least in the first issue, is the son of Karai. And for those that know the character of Karai, she is Shredder's daughter. So uh, basically... Shredder's grandson. Yeah, exactly. So, so this this dude is Shredder's grandson, and that's who the uh, Ninja Turtles are facing off against. So um, really interesting Highly recommend it. Wonder Rob, I know that you've been asked to, to read this, but I know you've been really super busy. Have you had a chance yet to read this first? No, issue? Okay. no, I have not. It's on my list. Probably the first thing I'm going to read once I start getting back into comics, once I have a little more time, which is pretty much 
just when I'm done setting up this place. <laughs> uh, but I, I really am looking forward to reading The Last Ronin. And it just wrapped up, I think, too, right? It did. It just wrapped up. It's a five-issue series. Um, and they certainly took their time between issues. So people had plenty of time to like really soak up uh, the uh, story. So um, get get yourself a subscription or go to your local comic book shop and and check this out because it is definitely worth it. So that's all I have really to report. I have had almost no video game time except for this morning. I played a little bit of Fortnite with Vactor and friend of the show, Ben Songer. So definitely um, enjoyed that. But it's I have not played hardly enough Fortnite over the past <laughs> week or so. <laughs> oh, I heard about your Fortnite excursions. I heard all <laughs> about it. Don't you worry. All right, well, Rob, uh, fill us in. I know you've you've been off for a week. We missed you. We know not a lot's that, been going on. Actually, yeah. <laughs> we know that you moved from one house to another. So tell us how has the past uh, two weeks been for you? So uh, you're right. We uh, finally got up and moved. Um, as you know, we sold the previous house. Uh, the all the the circumstantial like inspections and stuff finally closed. And by the time that finished, and by the time escrow closed, we had about two weeks. So we had two weeks to figure it out, shop. <laughs> and <laughs> shout out to my wife, because she worked her butt off, and she made it happen. And she um, she secured us a fantastic new place in Temecula. So shout out to all the Temecula geek listeners out there. Yay, yay. Um, and we just moved in a week from yesterday i believe i think maybe i don't know it, it feels like we've been here a million years already but um the house is mostly set up what has not been set up and has been killing me the entire time shop is my yeah my my geek den my office <laughs> it's all my toys slash collectibles all my video games all my little knickknacks all my art Still in boxes, in the garage, and partially in my office because maybe this is just me being silly, but I don't want to set the office up, Shaf, until I have a desk. That makes sense. Uh, because I, I had to get rid of, well, I didn't have to. I chose to get rid of the desk that I had previously because I've had that desk for two houses. That thing was a son of a bitch, Shaf. Like, you saw how big <laughs> that thing was. The, the first time I moved it into the first house we lived in in California, I vowed never again will I move this piece of furniture or any furniture. That was the straw that broke the camel's back was that desk. <laughs> and so when we moved to the next house, of course, we had a mover or a moving company move everything. And they got the desk up the stairs. And I felt so bad for those guys because they looked like they were struggling. It was, you know, it's a... I think it's about 60 inches is about what it was. Um, and it was pretty wide and it had the, essentially it was like a, like a big shelf with a desk coming out of it. Right. So you can move the shelf de separately and then you take the desk piece and click it in. It was meant to be a double sided desk. Like you put it in the middle of the room and you work on one side and somebody else works on the other. Well, moving it into the first house, we busted one side of it. Because it was so heavy, <laughs> the drawers and stuff. So it ended up being a one-sided desk. And then when the people brought it over to the second house, not only did they have a hell of a time 
getting it into the house, but they definitely managed to put a little nicks and bangs in the walls and getting it up. So when we were moving, I made the decision. I said, no, this thing, we just sold this house. Last thing I need is them trying to get it down the stairs and banging up more things. And then the, the new purchasers yelling at us. So I said, okay, guys, take all this furniture, all these shelves, this, that, this is all coming except for this desk. This is going in the garage. <laughs> Be careful with it. It's heavy. It, I My exact words were what I just told you. I told the movers, all three of them, I said, this is a son of a bitch. <laughs> and just be ready for that. And then, of course, they got to my office like two-thirds into the move. And before I knew it, it was downstairs already. These guys had like bro- broken apart into three pieces. Turns out this thing comes apart. <laughs> and the people, or me, the idiot, tried to move it with my brother-in-law the first time. And we barely got it into the house. And then the second time, it was just, it was the same moving company, but it was just like some college kids young kids, you know, like 2021 20, or something, like he's struggling to get it up the stairs. And then these guys were like, they like washed their hands of it. They're like, that disc wasn't that bad, actually. Um, but I still opted to get rid of it. So now I don't have a desk. I should have a desk by this weekend and then I can get my office set up. So that's what I've really been looking forward to because I haven't played any games, Shav. <laughs> I haven't been streaming. Luckily, shout out to the Geek YouTube page, the Geek So To Speak YouTube page. I have plenty of episodes in the tank, in the can, as they say in Hollywood. So there's no risk of a lack of content on the YouTube page. So everybody go check that out. Um, outside of that, since I haven't been playing video games, Shaw, I've been watching a lot of TV, catching up on TV. I found out that on Amazon Prime, they just added all the seasons of The Kids in the Hall what? to Amazon Prime. And so I've actually been going back and watching The Kids in the Hall from the beginning. <laughs> I squish uh, your head. I squish. Yeah, your... because they're they're doing a new season for Amazon Prime. Oh no way! Uh, yeah, like thirty years later or whatever. So I'm like, I'm gonna go back and watch these. So I've really been enjoying that. Uh, shout out to the kids in the hall. Great show. Um, still holds up. All the comedy still holds up. Oh yeah, that it's... was that was a solid solid show. Every single one of them was powerhouse. Yeah, it's especially Buddy Cole. I think Buddy Cole. It's my favorite character. Now, I've watched The Kids in the Hall when it came out. Like It was like 1989 to like 1993 or something like that. Um, Corrections Department might have to nail down the the years The Kids in the Hall was on TV. You're right. But, Buddy Cole is definitely the best, though. Yeah. Um, but Buddy Cole is this like flamboyantly gay character. This isn't <laughs> going to make sense to anybody who's not me or Schaff. But he reminds me a lot of Joe Navin. Um, again, that's a personal friend of Shaf and I, uh, who we, whom we love. Um, and I, maybe I shouldn't have used his full name on the podcast, <laughs> but whatever. Um, but I, I was telling my wife because she was watching it, and I said, you know, this. I was like a little kid when this came out. I had to have been under ten, maybe. And or maybe between 10 and 12 when I was discovering it and watching it. And I didn't know what being gay was. I didn't know what gay was, but I was like, Scott Thompson, all he does is like gay stuff on the show. And it's all hilarious. And I was just telling my wife how all of it went over my head <laughs> when I would watch it as a kid. And now I have like a, an even greater appreciation for it. That guy's so funny, man. That whole show's great. Uh, so shout out to the kids in the hall. Uh, not just the gay stuff, but the non-gay stuff too. All of it's hilarious. And... <laughs> When I was watching that show as a kid, 
I never thought that any of them were gay. Like, I just thought that they, it was a group of guys. And so therefore plenty of the guys had to play women at some point in whatever skit. And that was part of what made it funny. Like they didn't have any, any female cast members, you know? So, oh, yeah. was, so to me, like I never like, at least as a kid, it never really dawned on me that, 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 that these were gay men or that they were, there was this gay comedy or whatever. Like, well, I think just, just the one is gay. Scott Thompson, uh, who's, Coincidentally, my favorite member of the Kids in the Hall. Everything he does is like super funny to me. I'd be um, surprised if Mark McKinney was straight. Uh, I'll say that. <laughs> well, he might be. I don't know. Um, maybe he's not. I don't know about the lives. All I know is that Scott Thompson isn't straight because that's all he talks about. <laughs> is Dave Foley, but, right? Dave Foley is another guy. Dave Foley. Yeah, he was. Um, he was flicking a Bug's Life, and uh, he's done a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff. He was on news radio, I think, too. Um, but anyway, it's not about being gay or straight. The whole thing is funny and I no, definitely yeah, recommend definitely it. Not. Um, and they do fly real fast and real loose with the F word and not the F U C K word. The other one. <laughs> yeah. I, I couldn't believe how much they were saying that word, not, but not in a mean way. It's mostly Scott Thompson saying it. Yeah. Not um, in like a, not in a Matt Damon way. <laughs> like in a yeah, not in a Matt Damon way. He's he's taking ownership of the word. Man, that guy is funny. Not that it's cool to say that word, so don't say it, kids. Um, and the last thing I wanted to talk about is just a little thing. So uh, Muppets Haunted Mansion came out on Disney Plus. Okay, Shaf. Um, I've only watched half of it. It's been an hour long. I was watching Sesame Street with my boy in the new house, and it, it he loves Sesame Street, and a little light bulb went off over my head and I was like, Oh, Muppets Haunted Mansion. He likes the Muppets. Let's watch it. Uh, it's got a little bit of music. The premise is, is that Gonzo and, um, oh, oh man, Pepe the prawn, uh, get invited to the Haunted Mansion and Will Arnett is the, the ghost host taking them through. And it's, it's essentially like they're going through the ride, but they're, it's not a ride, but they're, they they walk in and it's the stretching room and then they're in the seance room and then they're in the ballroom, et cetera, et cetera, with okay. some songs. So I turned off all the lights, me and my boy watching it and he was super into it, but just little by little, little by little, little by little, it became too scary for my boy. Oh, and after no. a while he was going, no, no, <laughs> every time like ghosts would show up. <laughs> <laughs> or like it wasn't the ghost but it was just, it was like the way it was filmed the tone of the music nothing scary because it's sure, the muppets sure, sure, sure. but he's also about to turn three right so his tolerance for what's scary is a lot lower than what you would imagine um so we had to turn it off and i haven't finished watching it yet but i did enjoy the first half of muppets haunted mansion so everybody check out muppets haunted mansion because it's not bad it's not bad all right, so that's been my week, Shaf. Got it all off my chest. Um, and real quick, just before I forget, even though I am insanely jealous, uh, I'm jealous with rage. I am going to break my computer if you bring it up one more time, Shaf. But thank you for, for Vactor filling in for me last week so we didn't have to miss a week of premium geek news content. So thank you, Vactor just in case I forgot to say it, which I'm pretty sure I did. So, <laughs> no so. doubt that in the future someone from our geek so to speak staff will have to cover for me i have no doubt so it, it will be a revolving door of 
substitute hosts in the future. I have no yes. doubt in my mind. Yes, yes. Now, speaking of substitute hosts, uh, we have a corrections department. His name is Mark Vibbert, but he does prefer to go by the corrections department, and he listens to each episode of the podcast very diligently. Soon as it's on, he has a pencil in his pocket. He whips it out. He has a little pad of paper that he keeps in his butt crack. He takes that out, and he starts writing down any and all corrections that he feels are necessary to inform us about. He lives it. He loves it. This is his lifeblood. And so, I was not here last week, so his corrections will not be pointed at me, but I'm sure he's got plenty of things to say to you and to guest host Factor about last week. So tell me, Shav, what did the corrections department list for last week's episode where you were talking about Venom? Let there be carnage. Okay. So, uh, when discussing the end stinger to Venom, Let There Be Carnage... And by the way, a uh, spoiler alert for those who haven't seen Venom, Let There Be Carnage, where I'm talking about the end credit scene. So just a heads up. Uh, Vactor uh, explained that Venom had a hive mind across multiverses and said he was confused at how Venom knew who Peter Parker was. And then uh, Mark says, to follow that train of thought of logic... Um, that the symbiotes share a hive mind across multiverses, one could assume it meant he had memories of a universe where a Peter Parker and a Venom had interacted before. So, Several universes, actually, probably. Yeah, yeah. And, and I don't hate that explanation, Mark. I will, I'll give you that. I don't hate that explanation, but I also think it's cheap. <laughs> it's very cheap because it, it demands too much of the viewer to make that connection versus just being a good enough story to stand on its own. Um, so that's a problem in my opinion. Um, I also think that they left it open-ended because they didn't know what Marvel was doing. <laughs> they probably so. were thinking, okay, this is the general direction the MCU is headed in, but we don't know how to, we don't know how they're doing it. So we'll just make it like this. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. And let it be sort of ambiguous because Venom saying he's capable of this, this is happening. We know that the MCU has all of these other things going down with Doctor Strange or with Wanda, uh, Maximov or whatever else. So who knows what could have caused this sudden like multiversal wave that causes them to jump into the MCU. But I, I like your explanation, Mark. I'll, I accept it. I, I don't fully embrace it, but I accept it. Uh, moving on. Uh, during the same discussion, Vactor also said he doesn't remember ever seeing Venom's feet in the films when talking about how weird they look in Fortnite. And Mark, <laughs> <laughs> Mark is saying, just before the credits begin in the movie, there's a full screenshot of Venom's toes in the sand calling back to a line earlier in the film. So... Basically, Mark is coming after Vactor uh, with this uh, corrections. Uh, well, Mark's second. in defeat. <laughs> I mean, no judgment. The, uh, he's, the, he's the Tarantino of our podcast. Yeah, he is. <laughs> and the last is not, uh, the last thing that he posted is not a correction. It's not a clarification. It is a statement. He missed Wonder Rob. Uh, thanks, buddy. So anyways, that's all we had for corrections. So I'm, I'm in the clear. I'm a, I'm batting a hundred percent. 
<laughs> good job, pal. Good job. Uh, while we're on the good job train, our corrections department, Mark Fibbert, does a really good job of giving us his segment every week, which is called Interview with the Corrections Department, where he takes 90 seconds. 90 seconds is a guideline, everybody. It can be a little more than 90 seconds if you've got something to say and you need a little more time to get your point across. And obviously that message really just goes to... to our corrections department and factor, but I'm just saying, if you need a little more time, take a little more time. That's totally fine. Hey, that rhymed, and I didn't even know those words were going to sound alike. Perfect. <laughs> uh, no, that's not how you're supposed to say it. I'm a poet, and I didn't even know those words were going to sound alike. That's what you're supposed to say. <laughs> oh, I screwed up the joke. Anyway, this this is what I get for trying to improv and do a bunch of stuff. And so, you're, you know, you've got a you got a week off the podcast, Rusty. I'm Rusty. I'm Rusty, you guys. But I did enjoy listening to last week's podcast for sure. Uh, oh, real quick <laughs> before I get to Mark's segment, sorry, Mark. I have a feeling you're uh, going to bring up the symbiotes. Uh, the symbiotes <laughs> at the top of the episode <laughs> last week. Uh, I have a couple things to say, actually. Okay. So, <laughs> I'm so glad I remembered, <laughs> Mark. We're going to get back to your segment. I promise. Um, First of all, world record for longest intro to the the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) That thing was like five minutes long. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Um, I I wanted to shout out uh, the symbiotes bonding over RuPaul. Yes. Yeah. that's all I remember off the top of my head, but it was sev- it was several things that seemed like it was pointed at my tastes. Oh, it absolutely uh, was. It was. Oh, tailor- it was. It was tailor made and written especially to honor and give tribute to you, Wonder. Rock. And that was the thing I couldn't tell. I was like, "Are they honoring me, or are they just ripping on me?" <laughs> Can't quite tell. Either way, I had a big smile on my face when I was listening to it <laughs> on the drive. So that was great, and I wanted to point out uh, one of. It's it's no uh, secret that seventy five percent of the hosts of Geek, so to speak, seventy five percent of our moms listen to this show, <laughs> and one one quarter of the moms uh, reported back to me saying all that Amy Schumer talk was gross. So <laughs> I just wanted to point out. <laughs> <laughs> that there was one criticism with that. Well, that was the point, actually. <laughs> that was the point. Um, I, <laughs> let me let me just make it clear. I'm completely in agreement with you, Wonder Mom. <laughs> hey, I didn't Amy say it was Schumer, my mom. Well, I but I did. Uh, Amy Schumer <laughs> is gross in every way, shape, or form, and that's why I wanted my symbiote to be really into her because I wanted it to be the opposite of what I would think. And that's why Kirsten Dunst was Vactor Symbiote's love interest because Vactor can't stand Kirsten Dunst. See, he only says that to to keep up his image. I know for a fact he's into the Dunst. <laughs> so once you go Dunst, you you do it more than once. You, if you, you catch my drift, yeah, you Dunst with other girls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Anyway, good job on the opening. Thank you. All right. Uh, okay, so moving on, time for geek news. Oh, wait, just kidding. We do have a corrections department segment called Interview with the Corrections Department. I said all the, his intro stuff already, so I'm going to let him take it away. Tell us, what do you want to talk about, Mark? 
Hello again, everyone, and welcome back to another In Review with the Corrections Department. This is Vibbert, Mark Vibbert. And this week, I'm going to be talking about the new James Bond film, No Time to Die, that recently came out. Me and my son went back through the Daniel Craig Bond films from Casino Royale up to this new film and did a watch of them. It was my son's first time watching the films, and it was awesome getting to introduce him to the James Bond franchise. After this, I'll go back to Dr. No and start him from there. But it, it was cool watching all of these back-to-back, -back, seeing this plot line that's started in Casino Royale, continued in Quantum of Solace, went into Skyfall, then into Spectre, and then wrapped up in No Time to Die. I really enjoyed No Time to Die. I really enjoyed the Knives Out uh, reunion between Daniel Craig and Ana de Armas. Ana de Armas is, is amazing in the movie. She's really funny. Her character's great. I really... I think this wraps up his storyline very well from the films that he's done in the James Bond franchise. He's my favorite James Bond, I believe, up to this point. And to give you a quick rundown of the synopsis of this latest film, James Bond has left to the active service. His piece is short-lived, though, when Felix Leitler, an old friend from the CIA, turns up asking for help, leading Bond onto the trail of a mysterious villain armed with a dangerous new technology. And that villain is Rami Malek, uh, who is also pretty great in the film, and it's always great to see Jeffrey Wright as Felix Leiter, who I believe Schaff and Wonder Rob are talking this week about with What If. And with that, back to those two guys. All right, Mark's talking about No Time to Die, the latest James Bond movie. Uh, he says that Daniel Craig is his favorite James Bond I was really bothered by that. I was triggered by that. Really? Oh yeah. Okay. Well, tell us who's your favorite James Bond, and why is he is why is Mark wrong? <laughs> well, Mark is wrong because he's not Shaf. Uh, oh, so. oh, silly me, silly <laughs> doy, doy. Uh, of course. No. no, um, I don't hate Daniel Craig, but he's not the best Bond. He's not. He's. He's not um, like punny enough. Like I think Bond is supposed to be sort of have like that corny charm, like Roger Moore or Pierce Brosnan, where they have like the quips, very quippy. Like Daniel Craig's Bond is he does have quips, but they're they're really less pronounced than the other ones because they're going for more gritty. They're going for more real, more um, sort of. I don't know, realistic or whatever, but uh, me personally, Pierce Brosnan, best Bond, best Bond, second best Bond, Roger Moore, third best Bond, Sean Connery, fourth best Bond, Daniel Craig, fifth best Bond, George Lazenby, no, fifth best Bond, uh, Timothy Dalton, sixth best Bond, George Lazenby. Wow. How many uh, Bond movies was... Uh lesbian lesbian be in <laughs> just one that's um, what i thought on your ma on your majesty's secret service something like that anyways it's the one that he gets married he actually marries a chick on the in the is that the one that they made twice or am i misremembering the whole thing didn't you only, they you only make the film twice or you only live twice <laughs> <laughs> wasn't there a so, corrections again this might be a corrections department thing and i only have a very loose uh, understanding of the James Bond movies, but where somebody had the rights to a particular story and they could only make a James Bond movie if it was the one story. 
and they had made another movie that was very similar to it. Well, Again, technically, I, I might be loose on that. Technically, there are two Casino Royale movies, but one of them mm-hmm. was a made-for-TV movie, and it was only like an hour long with commercials. Uh-huh. Um, whereas the Daniel Craig movie, of course, is a full-length feature. So, I mean, that could be what you're thinking of. I'm not Maybe. sure. Maybe. I might, like I said, I, all the James Bond enthusiasts are probably uh, one starring this podcast right now. So don't, <laughs> don't, please go back to five stars. <laughs> I'm, I'm just a, I'm a novice at James Bond. <laughs> uh, but you know who's not a novice at James Bond? Shaf. Now you just did, well, I won't spoil it. I know what you did. <laughs> I know what you did t- this summer. <laughs> t- tell the audience what you did, Shaf. So um, I tasked myself with trying to rewatch all of the Daniel Craig Bond movies in preparation for No Time to Die. And I almost didn't have enough time to do it. But uh, as it turns out, um, I was able to fit in all four of the previous Bond movies leading up to the fifth Bond movie, No Time to Die. Um, And I want you I want to share my definitive ranking of the Daniel Craig Bond movies. So I'm ready. I've never seen any of them. Really? So I'm going okay. off your list. Yeah, I, I'm a huge Bond fan. I've, I grew up watching Bond with my dad. Um, whenever they would have Bond marathons on TV, we would always watch them together. So um, I definitely have seen my fair share of Bond. Of course, played a lot of GoldenEye. Um, yes, of and, course. Uh, and yeah, GoldenEye still ranks as one of my top favorite Bond movies of all time. But anyways, this um, is going to sound wild, Shaf. I'm not 100% positive I've seen any James Bond movie all the way through. Oh my goodness. I'm not 100% positive. Like, I feel like I have memories of watching GoldenEye because I love the game so much. And I feel like I saw a James Bond movie in the theater. What was after GoldenEye? Was it... um, Tomorrow uh, Never Dies. Tomorrow Never Dies. That one. I feel like maybe I went and saw tomorrow never dies it started off with um where he's like in a helicopter and jumps off and he's on skis and it's like a snowy mountain in the opening uh sequence and he's like shooting guns and stuff does that sound familiar (laughs) or am i just making that up um i think that's that movie yeah Yeah, so maybe i think i saw that one in the theater but i have like a very vague memory of it well Um, there's skiing in more than one Bond movie, though, so it's hard to say because Roger Moore is definitely <laughs> he skied does a bunch in every too. movie. Okay, he's. I'm pretty sure he goes to the moon in it, and uh, I know that's one. one Moonraker. Of the Moonraker, Moonraker is an excellent Roger Moore. Yes, Moonraper. Yes, yes, yes. Um, <laughs> so anyway, I'll stop talking. I, I'm going to go by your list, and when en- whenever anybody asks me what my opinions of the Daniel Craig yeah. Bond movies are, I'm just going to simply parrot back your opinions. Okay. So I'm I'm going to absorb all this. So okay. take it away, Shaw. All right. So my personal opinion: the very best of the Daniel Craig Bond movies is Skyfall, okay. by a long margin. That movie is way above any of the other movies in terms of quality, story. Um, it's, it's a long movie. I think it's like two and a half plus hours. Um, but it's, it's definitely worth it. Um, it is a very personal film in terms of like the impact. Uh, it's a great bond movie. So that's the best Skyfall is the best. Um, the next best is a tie between, uh, Casino Royale and Spectre. Okay. And, and the order of the movies is Casino Royale, Quantum of Solace, um, Skyfall, Spectre, and then No Time to Die. So, Casino so you have one. Sp- number one is the movie that you just said. Number two are the two movies that you just said. Got it. 
I don't remember the names. <laughs> and then uh, No Time to Die will will fit in as like the third place film. Okay. And then the worst movie is Quantum of Solace by a long shot. That movie really? is awful. That movie makes no sense. That movie goes everywhere without any purpose. It is a total uh, crapshoot um, of a film. It's like scenes were just left out that explained like what is going on with the plot. Cause it is so convoluted. Um, it's like <laughs> almost nothing happens in that movie <laughs> and yet everything happens in that movie. Like it, it's, it's so dumb. Um, so that movie is a really awful sequel to Casino Royale. Um, that, yeah. So uh, anyways, but no time to die. Um, not my favorite, not terrible. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think Remy Malik was a very good villain in my opinion as a Bond villain. I think he's just creepy. He's too creepy. Like he just is creepy. I bet you in real, in like real life meeting him as like a real person and like <laughs> trying to be his friend. I bet he's just a creepy friend. Like he is just like the type he like drinks sodas with like a straw in the can kind of like weirdo <laughs> stuff like that. It tastes better when it's through a straw. <laughs> yeah. Just, it just does weird things. Like, I don't know. I'm trying to think of weird things, but he like sits backwards <laughs> weird, on the toilet. Weird. Weird. Uh, <laughs> we, he AC Slater's it on the toilet. <laughs> AC Slater's the toilet. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Write it down. That's gold. <laughs> AC Slater in the toilet. <laughs> but so I was not impressed with him. Um, this particular Bond movie got a lot more um, lovey-dovey for for Bond, um, which is an, an interesting course to take. But Bond typically doesn't get too attached, right? Like, he's kind of a womanizer. So to not have that aspect of him, to me, seems a little bit like you're getting him away from his own archetype, his character. I realize, yes, James Bond can't really exist in our times right now. Um, he can't be like this one nightstand kind of dude. He has to have more than one nightstand, you know, like on either side of the bed because, you know, it balances out the room. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, but ultimately, ultimately I think it's a great, uh, conclusion for his story because it has been a story that's been building in building, uh, between the movies. Uh, and it took five years for this movie to come out, um, from the last movie. So, has it been five years? Well, I know. Yeah, it was delayed for a while. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but yeah. So uh, thank you, Daniel Craig. Uh, please say hi to your wife, Rachel Vice, for me. Uh, Rob uh, definitely says hi as well. He, oh, I, oh, I say he hi. He likes. Her. I saw her in person one time, and let me tell you, me liked she. <laughs> it was uh, me and Vactor went to a screening for The Fountain, oh, and she, she was there with the director, and she was married to the director at the time. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, and I was. She, then she looked at me and got a divorce with him. But then our, our paths separated and we never met. She probably got a divorce from him because that movie is so awful. The Fountain sucks. Great. <laughs> we're, we're on the same page. Everybody, <laughs> definitively, Geek So To Speak says The Fountain sucks. That is a really hard movie to watch all the way through. That, I was that... not pleased. <laughs> I was like, what a waste of time. It was a free movie. But, man, it was... Ugh. That sucks. Rachel Weiss. She looked nice. Oh, she looked nice. All right, folks. Well, that's my uh, my uh, two cents on No Time to Die.
Is it Weiss or Vice? It's Vice. Good. I know the corrections department was uh, smoke was coming off of his thumbs as he was typing on his phone. It's actually Vice. <laughs> so we, we stopped him for that. and push her down some ice. <laughs> okay, so we're going to take a real quick break to hear from our sponsor this week, which is Anchor, unless you're listening to us on YouTube. There won't be an ad. And when we come back, we're going to be talking all the latest and greatest geek news. Geek News! 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 All right, so as is tradition around here, Shaf, whoever is hosting a particular episode, me in this instance, likes to give the honor, the duty, the right, the privilege of reciting the first geek news story to the co-host, which is you, Shaf. So tell me, what's been going on this past week in geek news? Ooh, thanks, Wonder Rob. So, um... Early on this week, we got some news related to the upcoming Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, specifically Yay! some casting news that uh, kind of shook the very bedrock of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So um, James Gunn, he's always fielding these questions from from fans on Twitter, Instagram, whatever else, and he's shooting down rumors left and right if, if somebody's saying something that's not right. But he came on Twitter to actually confirm some rumors and welcome to the guardians family, an actor by the name of, by the name of Will Poulter. Um, he is going to be playing the part of Adam Warlock and he, uh, he quote, uh, quote tweeted. Is that the term quote tweeted? Queeted? He queefed, queefed it. He queefed, uh, he queefed a story from uh, deadline, (laughs) 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 which, uh, announced the same casting, uh, for the next uh, installment of the guardians, uh, franchise. Now, um, he went on to say, uh, that he loves Adam Warlock. It's one of his favorite characters in all truth. He wrote an early treatment where he had Adam Warlock as a part, um, this is your big scoop, he says, because I don't think I've told anybody this. It was Adam Warlock. He was a big part of the screenplay, and he realized it was one character too many. But he adores the character. He adored what they had done with him. And uh, he says, I think we did something really creative and unique with Adam Warlock, but it was one character too many, and I didn't want to lose Mantis, and Mantis was more organically part of the movie anyways. So decided to save him for later. Now, for those that remember, in one of the many end credit sequences of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, uh, Aisha, who is part of the the alien race, the Sovereign, uh, was sitting in her, like, her own room or whatever, and she's looking at this cocoon that is, uh, and she's referring to the person who's inside this cocoon as, she's going to call him Adam. And for all the geeks out there, they knew, oh my God, Adam Warlock is coming to the MCU. And we all thought it was Zach Efron. Yeah, I think we even reported on rumors yes. a few times. Yes. Uh, instead, we get Will Poulter. Now, uh, oh for, my those, God. for those that don't know Will Poulter, um, he's a dick. No, I'm just kidding. I don't know. <laughs> No, he, uh, I'm actually kind of excited for this. I thought he was really great in the maze runner. Um, but more importantly, he's got great comedic timing in we are the Millers. Oh my God. That's the only thing I've seen him in. Yeah. We're the Millers. I mean, he's a younger guy. I don't think he's done a a whole heck of a lot, but this is definitely going to 
really slingshot him into like some serious stardom. Cause not only is he going to be in a Marvel movie, but he's playing Adam Warlock. Like this dude is just an iconic character from the, the Marvel universe, um, wielder of the soul stone. I mean, he's had the infinity gauntlet so many times. He's just as much, just as important to that story, uh, as Thanos or, or, or anybody else. Like it's, it's, a character that really would have factored in pretty heavily into the infinity war storyline. So it's weird that he wasn't there, but um, now we're going to get to see him. And my guess is that he is probably going to be part villain, part hero, because he's clearly going to be an antagonist for the, for the guardians, at least initially because he was created by Aisha. So, I would assume that he's going to be doing her bidding and then he'll probably rebel against the sovereign and then join the guardians or whatever else happens. What do you think? Yeah, I would assume so just based on the, the previous, the previous movie. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if this guy signed like a seven or eight picture deal. Yeah, totally. Um, when I heard is when I got, got the news, when the news graced my eyes and ears initially, I just, I didn't know what to think because like I said, I've only seen him in Where the Millers. I don't, I didn't dislike him in that movie, but I keep seeing that meme over and over where it's like, "You guys are getting paid," or <laughs> where it's that one joke from that movie. And I got to tell you, his face just bothers me, man. His face bothers me. And listen, I know not everybody can be an Adonis like me and you, Shaf, but he just something about his face really bugs me. Um, and so, hopefully, whatever aspect of his face bothers me. Gets fixed. Is that is toned down by painting him gold? He gets the the Marvel treatment. <laughs> he gets I'm the sure Disney he'll be Marvel fine. Treatment on his face. Yeah, I'm sure he'll be fine. Um, and I'm sure he'll be an antagonist, like you just said. But man, they got to do something about his face. I don't think he'll be the only antagonist because my guess is, at least the rumors are all circulating that it's going to be a rocket heavy storyline. In which case, uh, the he's probably going to die. The High Evolution, exactly, I think he will. But the High Evolutionary is probably going to be the main villain of this particular story. But it's it seems like they'll have a second antagonist being Adam Warlock who will, um, what's the word? Uh, 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 rebel? There's a better word, but I can't think of it at this time. <laughs> Here we go. Let's do it right now. Uh, synonyms for rebel. Geek, so to speak, your source for all things synonyms. <laughs> Everybody, is it, uh, it's, uh, revolt, uh, mutiny, riot, take up arms, rise up in arms, rise up, stage your mental rebellion. Uh, that's his problem. He didn't make enough pamphlets. That's a call back to Korg, everybody. All right. So, uh, tell you what, Chop, why don't you take the next news story and I'll take the big chunk of video game news. Cause you know, I oh, okay. to talk about that. That works. That works. Um, all right, so the next bit of news is coming to you from the set of Indiana Jones 5. So some new set photos were posted by the Daily Mail, and they have reignited some rumors about the sequel. Uh, and the rumors are saying that we might actually get some time travel in this Indiana Jones 5 movie, which would be really helpful because because uh, Harrison Ford is getting pretty old, so if they can figure out time travel, then they can probably you know do pretty well. <laughs> Um, <laughs> but the photos were snapped on location in Sicily, uh, Italy, and Phoebe Waller-Bridge, who is one of the co-stars of this film, is seen dragging Harrison Ford's 
Indiana Jones out of a ditch before collapsing into sort of like a mucky, dirty business or whatever. But anyways, uh, you can see sort of uh, an army of Roman gladiators. Uh, They've got historically accurate weapons. Their armor's all legit. And uh, a lot of people are wondering, okay, why would you see Roman gladiators unless this was taking place in like ancient Rome times uh, when gladiators would fight each other? So we also saw some photos uh, in the past months of Harrison Ford wearing a bunch of dots on his face. Um, But that was just his, you know, no kink shaming. He likes to do that in his free time. Uh, (laughs) No, he was wearing the dots on his face. uh, And a lot of times that signifies some sort of CGI, perhaps a de-aging technology that's being done in the the new film. So that might further encourage the idea of time travel. Uh, But to me, that doesn't make much sense. Like if you're Indiana Jones and you're 97 years old, just because you time travel back to the past doesn't mean that you de-age in the process, <laughs> you know, like you're visiting at an earlier time, but you're still the same age. So it doesn't work that way unless you're visiting a younger version of yourself or going to a time. But if they're going to ancient Rome, Indiana Jones didn't exist back then. So the idea of de-aging doesn't make sense in that context. So I don't know what to make of this wonder. Rob. Who knows? Um, Who knows? Yeah. I mean, I'll see it because I do love Indiana Jones movies. By the way, no movie is better than The Last Crusade. Just putting it out there. No movie ever made? No, or no, no, no Indiana Indie Jones movie. No Indiana oh, okay. Jones movie is better than The Last Crusade. Okay. I was like, that's a bold statement. Yeah. Dang. Crystal Skull sucks. Um, Temple of Doom is okay. Raiders of the Lost Ark is really good, but Last Crusade is the tits. anytime anybody complains about a new movie coming out like the new ghostbusters of the power rangers or like home alone remake or anything like they're ruining my childhood and i say (laughs) stop being a baby you're overreacting indiana jones and the crystal skull already did that (laughs) so so what's there to lose everybody uh yeah i'll see it too um i'm if there's time travel in it you know, I'll be a little more excited because it's hard to make a bad time travel movie, in my opinion. It's the best. It's the best. Story I've got a special place in my heart for time travel movies, so I'll definitely see it. But yeah, I agree. Okay, so let's talk about some video games news, Shaf, because there's a there was a lot going on in the world of Animal Crossing today. This morning, as of recording, Nintendo dropped a direct for Animal Crossing for their last major free update. For Animal Crossing. Now, loyal listeners to the show know when the pandemic hit last year, March 2020, and Animal Crossing came out, Shaf and I got into Animal Crossing in a major way. Yeah, like, we did. A major way. I, did Animal Crossing win Game of the Year at the Geekies for 2020? Uh, it might have. If I think it did. It, did. it was a contender. Yeah, uh, it, it, it It was the, geek, the, the show's winner. I don't know if it was our individual picks. But it was the overall show winner. So we've got a, a, a special place in our hearts for for Animal Crossing, despite that it's been maybe eight months since I visited my island. Uh, I think all my villagers think I'm dead. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how long it's been for shop. Well, the but the more time that passes, the more unlikely you are to go back because the sheer amount of guilt that they're going to lay on you. Like, hey there, Wonder Rob. It's been eight months since we've seen you. 
And like, they really like dig into you and say like, where have you been? What's going on? We were worried. We were worried sick. We weren't eating. (laughs) (laughs) None of us have pooped. We're all animals. We poop on the floor, but we didn't even do that. Anyway, not to make this thing too gross. Well, uh, they they announced their last major free expansion and a paid DLC expansion shop. So I'm curious. I'm going to go over these details and I want to know if is this going to be enough for you to dust off your switch and get back into the game. So I'm going to go over the free update details animal crossing's new horizon version 2.0 brewster shop is opening a cafe that's right there's going to be a coffee cafe in the museum where you can get coffee uh interact with villagers that you might not interact with on a normal basis like isabel or the the people who are always so enclosed whatever that whatever their names are uh but they'll come in there um you can invite characters with amiibo cards if you're a huge fucking nerd uh by all means you can do that too (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> or you can meet your friends. You can invite your friends over. But bottom line is you, you've got a coffee shop that you can visit. Uh, you can take a boat tour with the captain. Captain hangs out at the pier and will take you to one of the remote islands, several remote islands on his boat. The sea shanty he serenades you with along the way is also part of the fun. You may arrive at islands with mysterious flora that's never been seen before or islands with different seasons or time of day. Uh, unearth gyroids. Let me tell you. So, uh, you remember in, um, I almost said in Geek, so to speak, you remember in Animal Crossing when you would build a bridge and that little weird guy would be like, hey, how about you donate some money? That's a that's a gyroid. Or at least I think so. Uh, but you can unearth <laughs> several gyroids, uh, fossils that can be dug up from the ground, and you can find several types of gyroids. Each gyroid plays unique sounds. You can customize them to match their surroundings where you place them. Uh, shop the open market on Harv's Island, Shaf. By the way, gyroids sounds more like something that you get on your butt if you sit for too long or if you uh, like are really pushing too hard when you're going to the bathroom, like you can possibly get some gyroids. You sound like you speak from experience. (laughs) Hey, no, no judgment. You push too hard when you poop. You do you, Shaf. Every man is an island. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, And your butt's the cork. So it was a lost (laughs) reference. Um, So uh, um, 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 Harv's Island. Harv's Island, Shaf. Harv's Island is going under a uh, renewal, whatever that means. Well, with a little help from his friend Harriet, Harvey is inviting some shops to the island for an open market. Contribute bells to the cause to help make it happen. Familiar visitors on your island like Red, Sahara, and Kix will open up shops there. So essentially the people who come only once a week or every other week will all have shops on this one island. So you can go and do some shopping. Um, There'll be a shop, Reese and Cyrus's shop, which will offer furniture customization. Uh, That can't be done normally. A Katrina's shop. Uh Uh-oh. Name that we're not supposed to say on the show. Katrina, <laughs> I said it again. No. Uh, at at, at uh, you know whose shop? At Voldemort's. <laughs> at Voldemort's yeah. shop. <laughs> yeah. yeah, she'll look at your fortune for the day. Uh, get cooking. So cooking is added to DIY recipes, so you can grow vegetables like tomatoes, wheat, sugar cane, uh, potatoes, carrots, etc., and cook meals. Um, and you can f- add further support to your island life, like Nook Inc. will offer. Um, group stretching in the plaza bigger home storage uh the resident representative being able to establish ordinances on the island like reducing the rate at which weeds grow or making all the residents get up early in the morning etc etc so that's the free (laughs) dlc 
off. Now, before I continue, is that enough to make you dust off? Like, are you like, oh, man, that all sounds so rad. Oh, I just got to get back on the island, bro. Like, <laughs> does that? Well, it does. They did definitely do some things that really fix aspects of the game that I felt were obnoxious. Probably the most important one that they're fixing is the having the open market on Harv's Island. Because having like the random visitors that would come and they would sell stuff. Like for instance, the character red, he's mm-hmm. the one who's got that ship and he's got all the fake art that you're trying to yeah. fill the, the, the museum with. Uh-huh. He doesn't just come once every week or once every other week. He doesn't even come necessarily once every month. Like yeah. his, his visits are so random and so spread out um, that it is, I mean, when I was playing actively every day, it was impossible to do to get anywhere with the museum uh, like collection for the art part of it. It was such a problem. I mean, you would never see him. You would never see him on your island. So the fact that he's going to be in, in a spot at all times, at least that's what it sounds like, that's perfect. Because then you can really like move forward in your collections and not be stuck waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting for this random visitor to come to the island. So that's great. Um, the, the cooking part is cool. I do like the idea of being able to grow vegetables and such because um, that's sort of more in line with like what makes Harvest Moon a great game um, and or like Farmville or something along those lines. Uh, the rest of it, like the ordinances, that seems kind of interesting. I like that because then it kind of controls, uh, when you see your, your, your guests and things like that, or, you know, if you don't want to have to deal with too many weeds, then you can control that. So like there's aspects that sound cool. I don't know if it's going to get me like into it the way I was into it before, but, um, but I would say I I definitely would go back and check it out, but that's just the free stuff. Wonder Rob, That's tell all. me about the, the stuff you got to pay for. Okay, so there's paid DLC. Uh, I don't recall them saying when this is coming out, so I don't have a date, or unless I wrote into it in the article. Um, Animal Crossing's New Horizon Happy Home Paradise features. So now, the one thing you've been missing on the island this whole time, a job. Now <laughs> you can work all day in real life, and then come home and flip on Animal Crossing and work some more. It'll be great. Uh <laughs> Essentially what it is, it says, work with Lottie as a member of the Paradise Planning Team. Clients with different dream vacations will visit a new resort area located in uh, uh, Archipelago, made up of several different islands where the Paradise Planning Team is located. You can talk to the client, find out details for their requests for a vacation home, and make their dreams happen. Uh, you'll design. You'll choose the location of your client's dream vacation home. You'll design the interior. Uh, choose the furniture. Uh, you'll continue designing vacation homes and acquire various design techniques, changing how the home is structured by adding partition walls, pillars, etc., etc., ambient lighting, soundscapes to add depth to the room, and more. The vacation home themes vary based on the client, and many requests await your expertise. Um, you can remodel and make roommate recommendations. So as you gain experience as a designer, more furniture will become available. You'll be able to make more suggestions. Uh, These include recommendations like remodeling the vacation homes of clients you've held previously with different furniture or even recommending that two clients uh, share a room. (laughs) Why? Why Why would you tell them? Why not? Like, you two are octopuses. Why don't you suck face in here? You got extra (laughs) arms. Um, 
design facilities. So there are several vacant buildings on the island where Lottie's Paradise Planning Team is located. Lottie wants to make the island more robust and developed to so be able to help design facilities such as a school, restaurants, cafes, etc. Uh, get inspiration from the Happy Home Network. Capture photos of the vacation homes you design and save them to your catalog, which you can check out through the in-home or the in-game Happy Home Network app on your Nook phone. Essentially, you can do like uh, first-person mode and take some pictures. Uh, you can use Amiibo to invite more clients, and you can bring your techniques back to the main island. So techniques you've obtained through your work on the Paradise Planning Team can also be used on your home island. Uh, could be a great opportunity for you to overhaul the design of your own home. Uh, give island residents souvenir chocolate from Paradise Planning as a gift. That's just one example. Uh, but you can bring... There are shops on Paradise Island, too, that have exclusive stuff that you can buy. Ultimately, you're getting paid for all the work you're doing on this island. So you're it's like work. You're, you're receiving a paycheck. Um, and then one day, you'll become a veteran designer with lots of experience. You'll be able to remodel residents' homes on your island by making suggestions for them, too. And, and that's the paid DLC. Uh, for me, Shaw... <laughs> that sounds like a whole other game. Uh, did you watch the trailer for this? Just curious. I didn't get a chance to. Yeah, I okay. didn't have time today. I, I started I, you're watching forgiven. it, and then I got distracted. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, it made it sound like... It feels like a whole other game. Like, there's more more on the island to do than just, I'm going to design my island, and I'm going to put the house over here, and I'm going to build bridges. Uh, oh, they added two new slopes and two new bridges, too. I might have skipped over that. So instead of eight slopes and eight bridges, you can have ten now, Shaf. Um, that's a paid DLC. No word on how much that's going to cost, but that might be just enough for me to to start over. To start over, Shaf. Uh, regarding the cost, this you'll get into this in your next the next article, but I'm pretty sure that if you... Um, well, I don't want to spoil the article, but if you uh, purchase the upcoming expansion pack for the Nintendo switch online that get grants you, um, that this DLC is free. You're right. Shop the, uh, the, the expansion pack on the Nintendo switch, which is granting you N64 games. It's granting you, um, some Sega Genesis games and it's granting you this DLC. Ultimately it's like you're renting this stuff. You pay them 50 bucks. You can rent all these games and you can rent the DLC <laughs> but if you cancel, you got to go back and pay for it, I guess. Um, so while we're on that subject, on October 25th, uh, the expansion pack goes live on the Nintendo Switch. It is uh, $49.99 for 12 months, or you can get a family pack option for 80 bucks, essentially, for 12 months. Um, they released their official list of what is going to be included off the top. So for the Nintendo 64, you're going to get Dr. Mario 64, Mario Kart 64, Mario Tennis, Sin and Punishment, whatever that is, Star Fox 64, Super Mario 64, uh, Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time, Winback, colon, Covert Operations, and Yoshi's Story. And for the Sega Genesis, you get Castlevania Bloodlines, Contra, Hardcore, uh, Dr. Robotnik's Mean Mean Machine, Echo the Dolphin, Golden Axe, Gunstar Heroes, Musha, uh, which is an acronym for Must Urinate Seriously. <laughs> have ass Musha. <laughs> <laughs> uh fantasy star 4 colon the end of a millennium rise star shining force shinobi 3 sonic the Hedgehog 2 streets of rage 2 and strider uh so all that being said do you think you're gonna you're gonna fork over that 50 bucks shop um well are we saying 
but that's the cost of the expansion. That's that's with the online. So yeah, I think either they're going to, I mean, here's the thing though. Like we're already paying for an online membership. Like I know I am. Do you, do you pay for an online membership? No. Yeah. I've got one. Um, so I very the, rarely use it. Yeah. So really what it's going to be is whatever the prorated difference of that is. It doesn't say, it doesn't say if it's just a new cost. Like uh, if I pay the 50 bucks and that's going to give me more than Nintendo switch online plus all this stuff, or if it's an additional $50 on top of the 20 bucks I'm already spending every 12 Yeah. Months. See, I think that it's probably cause I think I was paying 20 bucks mm-hmm. for the 20 bucks um, a year. Not bad considering yeah, so then there's nothing about, to do. Then, then it's a $30 expansion basically. So uh, I'm definitely going to get the expansion. I'm really excited to be able to play the N64 games on the Switch. Because normally, in order to play an N64 game, you have to go through so much of a rigmarole now because you can't, you have to have like an, an HDMI converter or some kind of adapter to be able to play it because these games came out with using the component cables. Um, and most TVs don't have those types of ports anymore. <laughs> so. Oh. So it's tough. Uh, here's an interesting thing that I missed in this article. I'm going to read it verbatim. I want you to, to feel this out. It says, as previously announced, the expansion pack for the service grants access to a number of Nintendo and Sega Genesis titles, Nintendo 64, which can be played on the Nintendo Switch. These titles will feature an upgraded resolution, the ability to save and suspend games at any time, online multiplayer, and the option to rewind gameplay. So you telling me I'm going to be able to play Mario Kart 64 online? Is that what they're telling me, Shaf? Because that's what it sounds like. It kind of sounds like that. I mean, unless that just means online, like in the sense of, you know, if they're in your friends list, you can invite them to a, to a race. None of, these, sure. none of these things are like multiplayer games, except for Dr. Mario and Mario Kart. Mario Tennis. But all the other ones... Oh, Mar- Star Fox. Star Fox 64. The Star Fox... Oh, Star Fox had multiplayer. You're right. You're right. So if it says online multiplayer, I would just assume that you get to play these online, which would be fantastic because I got to smoke you at Mario Kart 64 shop. I just got to. <laughs> and you got to kill me at Star Fox 64. You just got to kill me oh, at yeah. that game. You're going to get a Nova bomb up your butthole. <laughs> yeah, well, you're going to get a blue shell up your penis hole. So... <laughs> <laughs> tit for tat buddy <laughs> um so more on this as it develops but it sounds like shaf is in oh, i man. will be in i'm yeah. gonna get it um and it says right here i didn't know when the dlc came out but it says in the article uh the dlc is included when it releases in november so there you go shaf so that's the perfect time for you to get back into animal crossing if you so choose uh but we'll we'll talk about that a little bit more when we get there now, before we move on to our main subject, which is what if we are going to rank all nine episodes, we like to give just a little bit of time to our comic book expert, Factor, to share his opinions and recommendations on what we should be reading. So take it away, Factor. Tell us, what do you love this week? Oh yeah, it's time for another episode of Actor Loves Comics, the show where I love comics and you should too. On today's episode, I'm going to be talking about everybody's favorite British spy, Austin uh, James Bond. So as you guys know, this episode of Geek, so to speak, 
Schaff is going to be talking about No Time to Die, the latest James Bond film, which I also got a chance to see and film a YouTube video on. So check that out. If you have not already, go to the Geek So To Speak YouTube page and you'll find that. But I want to recommend some James Bond comics. And James Bond actually has a long history in the comics. In the 60s, there was actually... It was actually an adaptation of Dr. No in 1962, and then from there, there was a long drought, and 20 years later, Marvel did an adaptation of For Your Eyes Only, and then Marvel also did an adaptation of Octopussy. Yes, Shoff, that's the name, don't laugh. There was also an adaptation of License to Kill, as well as Goldeneye. So after the Marvel adaptations... In 92, Dark Horse Comics got the license for Bond, and they put out a couple of comics. Serpent's Tooth, Silent Armageddon, Light of My Death, Shattered Helix, Minute of Midnight, and the Quasimodo Gambit. But things don't really get interesting until 2014 when Dynamite got the license from Ian Fleming Publications to produce and publish the James Bond comics. And this is where everybody's been talking about, and this is where I want to lead your attention, and my recommendations come from the Dynamite um, series. So they've had a bunch of Dynamites that actually have pretty good creators on them. The first ones was Varg with Warren Ellis and Jason Masters, and Idolan, so 2015 and 2016 series, and then we have Black Box, Hammerhead, Service, Kill Chain, Solstice, The Body, and then James Bond Origin. There was also a couple spin-offs of Felix, Moneypenny, and M. All of these I would recommend if you're trying to get into Bond in the comics world, check out all of the Dynamite Bond stuff. So Wonder Robin Schaff, what James Bond comics are you going to read first? All right, so Vactor loves James Bond. Wow, everybody's talking about James Bond this week, Shav. That's so weird. Uh, I had no idea that James Bond had comic books. Uh, I didn't and, either. That's a surprise. Yeah, and he asked uh, very so, uh, very so eloquently at the end, "What James Bond comics are we going to read first? The answer is none for me, because uh, what about you, Shav? <laughs> um well if i had to pick from the characters he mentioned i'd want to know more about felix because i do love me some jeffrey wright uh, aka the watcher um and uh so i I'd want to know more about felix i think um I, to me and this is just me i, I don't really care about money penny's other missions <laughs> or like what is it? Is it Money Penny's uh, like day at the office? Like her like struggling to get a stapler to work, or like the coffee machine the, breaks down? Like I'm sorry, it, it, they're out of toilet paper in the stalls. Yeah. And, and and fellow geeks out there, I'm not being sexist. Money Penny until these Daniel Craig movies was a secretary, nothing more. Like she was that, and she That's, was a constant. She was a constant. Um, a recipient of James Bond's like attempts at being flirty and, you know, suggestive and everything. And they just had tons of like sexual tension nonstop throughout every single movie. 
but ultimately she's a secretary. So like, I don't want to see, I don't want to read a a comic book about a secretary. That sounds boring as hell. (laughs) Now, all of that is exactly something somebody who's sexist would say. (laughs) That's all I'm going to (laughs) say. You know, I spend, I think I spend the majority of our podcast time trying to convince people I'm not something. And You're not one you particular spend, thing. <laughs> and you then I bring the, it all down. Yeah, then you spend the remaining time saying how much that makes me someone who does that. <laughs> and uh, it feels so good yeah. every single time. I am apparently a racist, sexist homophobe. <laughs> <laughs> on that note, we're going to... I'm not even going to argue. I'm not going to argue against it. So on that note, we're going to take a quick break and then when we get back we're gonna talk about what if which just wrapped up on disney plus we'll be right back hey gang wonder rob here and shoff's here too we're taking a short break from all the geek news to let you know where you can find us on social media that's right find us on facebook at geek so to speak podcast and join the geek nation It's the best way to stay up to date on all the latest geek news and extra stuff we don't get to cover on the show. You can also find us on Instagram at GeekSoToSpeakPodcast and Twitter at GeekSoToSpeakPC. Also, if you want to suggest a topic for geek news, a review, or even a geek movie torture, you can email us at GeekSoToSpeakPodcast at gmail.com. Thanks so much for listening. Don't forget to subscribe if you're not already subscribed and leave us a nice review for a sexy shout out on the show. Thank you so much for listening. Same geek time. Same geek channel. And we're back. That's right. We're back. And we are going to wrap up the nine episodes of the first season of Marvel's What If. Um, yes, 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 yes. Now, technically, this this show ended last week. Yes, it did. On the 6th. But, but uh, because Wonder Rob was away, we wanted to make sure we had time to talk about this. So we, we moved it to this week and sort of uh, included Bond as well into a, sort of like a, a super episode for our listeners. But um, for this part of our, our episode, we're going to fo- focus more on these nine episodes and rank them according to what we thought and have a definitive ranking for the podcast. So... Um, I wonder if we're going to have the same ranking. I don't think we will. Something tells me just like any time we rank anything, we won't. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Before we get into the ranking, just uh, real quick, what did you think of the series overall? Like, did you, how did you enjoy it compared to the other Disney plus shows and Marvel's lineup? So going into it, I wasn't sure that I was going to love this because the, I just, the idea of, of coming off of some really great, Marvel shows like, for instance, Loki was the last one. Um, and we're used to seeing the Marvel Cinematic Universe play out with actual actors, like with, you know, sets and special effects and everything. In this, we've got um, we've got animation, but we don't even always have the actors or actresses providing the voices for these characters either. We have voice actors or other actors, you know, providing the voices and... Um, I wasn't sure what I would think about this, but to be perfectly honest, I loved it. I loved it. And knowing that this is not just like some, uh, what's the word it's, yes, it's phrased as what if, but 
the context of it and what how it's been described is a show that is not just some like fun thing for the sake of being interesting and hey what if this happened hey what if this happened it's all of these things have happened this is all part this is all canon this is all part of the marvel cinematic universe yeah taking place in various multiverses so like the idea that some of these characters could come and cross over into live action is really exciting so um, especially with where we're headed with Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, some of these characters we might see. And yeah, that there are be, some rumors, Sean. Yeah, that, and that would be really you read the really rumors, cool. Yeah, so yeah. in my personal opinion, like knowing that it's not just a standalone piece where it's just for the sake of something fun to ask the question "What if," but that the, these "What if" scenarios are exist outside of their own source material. Like that to me is really exciting. So I, I really enjoyed it. Okay. What I really you? enjoyed it too. Uh, I was just going back cause I couldn't remember what episode we did a first impressions of this, this on. Um, so I'm actually pulling it up right now. So we talked about what if it looks like, do, 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 do. here we go, when we when we reviewed Suicide Squad, so 165, so 10 episodes ago, actually, uh, which makes sense because there's only nine episodes and we're one week past. Anyway, so as far as my opinions versus what we talked about initially, I still really liked the animation. I know a lot of people, uh, including our own Vactor, initially were not too impressed with the animation, but I didn't hate it um i i saw past that almost instantly uh the characters of certain actors especially michael douglas <laughs> michael douglas's interpretation is Hank Kim, <laughs> uh with the, the 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 crazy eyebrows and stuff i really liked um i thought some of the women's characters though were a little weak um uh oh gosh what's what's the name of the actress uh Doctor Strange's love interest. I'm totally just blanking on her name. Christine Palmer? Uh, no, the, the actress. Oh, Rachel McAdams. Rachel McAdams. Like, she didn't look a lot like Rachel McAdams. Um, uh, uh, Liv Tyler's character from The Incredible Hulk yeah, was in right. it for one episode. Uh, the first time we've seen her since that movie, and it didn't really read like her. The only, the only female character that I thought really captured the look... Black Widow was okay, uh, but was um, Kat Dennings' character. I thought they did a really good job <laughs> at, at animating her. Um, she, she, me like she, um, but that's neither here nor there. Um, but overall, I enjoyed the show. This was the one I was actually looking forward to the most when they initially announced their, their slate of TV shows. Um, I've always loved What If. Those were some of my favorite comics to read when I was a kid. Um, but anyway... That being said, we're going to rank the episodes. Now, I want to make this clear, Shaf. None of these are bad episodes. None of these where I was like, oh, terrible. It's just like Back to the Future 3. You know, it's still good. Do I want to watch Back to the Future 2 more? Yeah, but I still watch Back to the Future 3 if it's on TV. It's like <laughs> it's that. A very, it's a very good explanation. I like that. <laughs> uh, so I didn't dislike any of these episodes. So let's start with our bottom ranked. So nine episodes. Oh, real quick. Did you know? You probably knew this, or maybe you didn't. There was actually a 10th episode of this that they cut from this season. Yes. And pushed. And you get when, uh, what is it? What's well, the name of the episode? 
it's um, spoilers if we haven't said this spoilers for episode plot details for all of them yeah yeah what if the watcher broke his oath that's the name of the episode where he's gathering up the guardians of the multiverse and he ca- and he lines up with gamora and who we haven't seen in this until this moment with tony stark in a sweet ass hulkbuster costume and he says not you stark <laughs> and scoops her up uh, that was from an episode that was cut where Tony Stark uh, ends up on the trash planet and becomes the champion instead of Hulk, uh, which they say is going to be in the second season of What If. Yes, it will. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you were just curious about that, anyway. So I'm going to, we'll go one at a time. So I'll let you start. So say from your ninth favorite to your first, we'll just go back and forth and we'll talk about the episodes. So tell me, what what was the ninth best episode? Okay. In your uh, the, opinion. <laughs> the ninth best. That's a funny way to put it. Uh, <laughs> the, yeah, the ninth best would be what if Captain Carter were the first Avenger? It's the first really? episode of the season. To me, uh, the reason why I put it at the bottom is it's the one that it was a really kind of a poor start. And not that I don't like Captain Carter. I think she's a great character. But the problem with this episode is the pacing of it is way too fast. The plot of it follows too closely to the events of Captain America, the first Avenger. Yeah, you're right. It's almost identical. It's almost identical, just a replacement of the main character and and it's still the same power set. Like it's, there's not much that changes. Yes. You've got the Hydra stomper. So you have sort of like a, um, a Mark one Iron Man suit or like a Iron Monger type suit you know, that that's featured in this. So Steve Rogers still has a part to play, but, um, to me, it's, it's just too close, uh, closely aligning to the, the plot of the first movie. And I think that it, it, it could have taken more chances. Like the idea of it being a, what if storyline, it should have gone its own way. It didn't have to follow so closely to the, to the plot. So to me, like it played it too safe. And because of that, I think it suffered and it, it pacing was just, way too fast. Um, so that's why I think it's the worst of the shows. Ninth worst of the best. Episodes. Ninth. Best. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. You? That's all fair. Um, I didn't hate that episode. I liked the action in it, but I do agree that it's, it was the first episode they did. So I feel like they were just trying to ease you into like the premise of yeah. what if by like, Hey, it's just a little different, but it's mostly the same. Uh, I, I liked the action. I thought the animation was really cool in it and the fight scenes. But I do. I, I agree. It was the only episode that was virtually the same as the movie. So I, I like the liberties the other ones took. Um, so that was your number nine. My number nine, Shaf, was what if T'Challa became Star-Lord? Really? Yes. Um, I know I'm in the minority on this. <laughs> Because Chadwick Boseman's great. We all know it. But I just, it was boring to me. <laughs> it was it was just boring to me. Um, what's interesting about this episode is that, I don't know if you've read or heard any of this, Shaf, but uh, Chadwick Boseman was r- really pleased with the direction that his character was taking in this. Uh, this sort of optimism and... Um, his can-do attitude. And he was asking the writers of Black Panther 2 to, hey, can we inject more of this attitude into 
T'Challa. And they were even going so far as to spin off this character and have him play these two different roles. Uh, whether or not this was going to be in uh, Multiverse of Madness or if it was going to be an animated spinoff or anything like that. But they were working on spinning this character off. Uh, so R.I.P. Chadwick Boseman. But not to say that his performance was bad, but just the overall story of it. I just, I don't know, man. I just thought it was kind of boring compared to everything. Uh, see, I, I wish I, I can't agree with you because... Uh, Thanos joining the Ravagers, like that was such a cool reveal to have happen <laughs> and to see a different side of Thanos be like, just like one of the guys, like that he was, was like, bad. he just, yeah, he told me my plan was crazy and he was right. It was crazy. <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking. He's like, he's like I could have I just doubled up on the resources. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where was um, T'Challa, I, man? Yeah. I liked uh, Taserface being part of the crew. Uh, you got to see a different side of Nebula. Um, uh, we had a, a super jacked collector in this episode. I know. He was thick with two C's in this, man. And I didn't think it was the um, the actor, Benicio Del Toro. Uh, or is it Guillermo Del Toro? Be, uh, Benicio. Yeah. Benicio. I get their names mixed up because of the last name. I didn't think it was him. And when I was listening to it, just something about the voice wasn't matching it. But of course it was. So I think it was the look of the character yeah, that was throwing been. me off because he was been. jacked. <laughs> uh, but it was nice episode, to see uh, Yondu again. He's one of my favorite characters from the Guardians movies. So mm-hmm. uh, that was nice. I, I really enjoyed um, I really enjoyed that episode. Yeah. And I would like to point out, I know a lot of people like this episode. I'm not saying this is a bad episode. I enjoyed every single episode i just thought i, I just enjoyed a, a couple other ones a little more uh, eight Did other you catch ones the a little name more of the of the guardian ship it wasn't called the milano uh because t'challa was star lord uh-huh. it was called uh the mandela, after <laughs> mandela. I, I love it that. i love it okay what what are you putting at number eight uh number eight number eight i have what if the world lost its mightiest heroes Really? Yeah. So this is the one where Nick Fury, he struggles to launch the Avengers when all of like his candidates are being targeted by a serial killer. Okay. Um, I, I'm trying to think of, I, I, I made this ranking a while back. I was, I was ranking it as the episodes were debuting. So mm-hmm. I kept like reassessing and readjusting everything, but this is the definitive list for me now. But I think the reason why I didn't put this one higher, cause I did like, um, the twist of it being, uh, Hank Pym mm-hmm. kind of off the rails, sort of like yellow jacket, Hank Pym, um, being the, the cause of all of this, because I think I didn't like it because, it was the beginning of what they did the entire season with Iron Man, which is <laughs> to shelve him or kill him or diminish his character down to like nothing. Like this entire season, every episode plays very fast and loose with Iron Man. And he dies uh, in every episode. He dies in everything. He dies. <laughs> yeah. Or he's he's rendered completely like useless to the team. Like Watcher doesn't even want him. Like he's standing right next to Gamora. There's only two people in the room, and he's like, uh, "Gamora, I want you. Stark, you stay there." Yeah, <laughs> it's like just bring him along. <laughs> That's why I'm really interested in seeing how he performed in that last episode because yeah. 
I feel like for the watcher to be like, Tony Stark, you're not invited. Like that there's like no good version of Tony Stark anywhere. Yeah. So to me, that was, that was a tough one. Um, I also, of the Avengers movie, like where Loki is like invading or like, to me, that's the, the worst of the Avengers movies. So playing more into the building of the Avengers to me is not a, an enjoyable storyline. I think it's, I don't know. It's just not my, my, my favorite. So that's okay. You're left. Uh, I had number eight. What if Thor was an only child? Oh, now this episode's not bad. It uh, had its I mean, moments. That's episode seven. Thor, Thor being the only child. Episode seven. No, 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 no. Uh, sorry, my number eight. And my oh, ranking. I see what you mean. Okay, gotcha. My number eight. Uh, number one. My nine was T'Challa, Star Lord. Number eight is Thor's an only child. Gotcha. Now, okay. Um, I didn't dislike this episode per se, but nothing really happened <laughs> in it. Um, Thor's an only child. He goes to Earth. He has a big party. Finds out his mom's coming. Look, Earth is Earth is pretty good, Mom. I didn't break anything. <laughs> Plus cameos from like all the characters, like Korg and the Collector and stuff like that. I mean, it was fine. And then it leads into um, the, the whole Ultron storyline. Uh, but to me, <laughs> it's not like they changed Thor all that much from his most recent character developments. It was just like, yeah, he, he's a fucking idiot, but he just hasn't had any of the emotional growth. <laughs> he's, yeah. He's a, he's a fucking idiot in these new movies. But he's grown as a character, and he's a, and he he's grounded in that way. But not this one. Uh, so I mean, it was still funny, but overall, that was like okay. Well, nothing really happened in this episode. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I I I, I respect that. Gotta respect, respect. <laughs> okay. Uh, what do you have as number? Don't as respect your se- the condom. <laughs> <laughs> you got where I was going with that. Oh Excellent. yeah, I haven't best heard friends. that in a long time. Best friends. That's I looked at my. I looked at my asshole in the mirror today. It blew my fucking mind. <laughs> Shout out to old Adam Sandler CDs, friend of the show, Adam Sandler. The best one is Memory Lane. That's my favorite one on that on that album. He's like, he's like, reminds me of the time when I went over to a sixty year old man's house, and made him fuck me in the ass in front of his kids, <laughs> and then they like, they stopped the car. Quit! Don't get all high and mighty. He wanted me to do it. Screw you for judging me. <laughs> now is this a set of two people having sex or working out in a gym? Yeah. <laughs> we are not working out. We are definitely fucking. Nope. It's two people working out. You, the mind hears what it wants to hear. <laughs> uh, oh, that was if good you don't know, we are quoting from What the Hell Happened to Me, uh, the definitive Adam Sandler uh, comedy album, in my personal opinion. It's great. It's great. Okay. Moving back to what if. Uh, <laughs> hope we didn't lose our moms listening to this. <laughs> by quoting all that you don't have to worry uh, about mine <laughs> uh, what do you have at number seven uh for the third worst <laughs> um i put episode six which is what if killmonger rescued tony stark okay 
um, yet another <laughs> episode where Tony Stark is manipulated and gets killed. <laughs> You're right. Um, I, I just, to me, I don't really like the way they played Killmonger in any of the episodes that he's featured in. Cause it kind of just seems like either maybe this is the plan, but he's always destined to be like have ulterior motives. Um, like there's no universe they want to show where Killmonger has good intentions. Like, um, and I just think like Killmonger is a result of his upbringing. That's why he is the way he is. Like I just, to me, it, this episode seemed like it was just all over the place. If there was an opportunity for somebody to backstab somebody, there would. It was like twist after twist after twist after twist. And I'm like, I'm tired of this. this, is, this is <laughs> what boring. a twist. What a twist. So for me, this one, yeah, just didn't do it for me. I thought it was interesting. Uh, I may miss. I have two things to say about this episode right now. And I might be misremembering one of them. But I feel like Killmonger says he loves anime. In that episode, but maybe I'm <laughs> misremembering that Michael B. Jordan loves anime, and I'm just projecting that onto Killmonger. But number two, his final form in this episode, I'm no, I'm not, uh, I'm not even gonna say I'm not a huge fan or have a passing knowledge. I have zero to no knowledge of Dragon Ball Z, but I know he was dressed like Vegeta at the very <laughs> end, or a very similar outfit to Vegeta from Dragon Ball Z. He was dressed that like was a vagina. You heard what I said. <laughs> you heard what I said. Uh, which is interesting because most people who love anime will never have seen a vagina. So, <laughs> two worlds colliding right there. Um, okay, so cheeks, that was your... cheek slapping. <laughs> you had that as your number seven. I had um, Captain Carter as my number seven. Okay. So, yeah, uh, so you didn't think it was a great episode in the scheme of all the episodes, but not the worst. It was fine. Like, I enjoyed it for what it was. I don't think Captain Carter is a bad character or anything, but because it was re- it was retreading the movie, I was just like, eh, okay, that's all right. Okay, what is the fourth worst or ranked sixth episode or sixth <laughs> best to you, Shaw? Fourth, fourth worst, but... <laughs> <laughs> the fourth worst episode is episode seven. What if Thor were an only child? So oh, yeah. I also didn't, close. I also didn't love the episode, but I didn't hate it either. I agree. Not too much happened for me. What made the episode not be like among the worst of the worst is that it had so many great cameos. Um, and it was just kind of fun. It was a funny episode. The fact that Thor kept calling people party poopers, like that, <laughs> That was an, I was like, okay, well, it's definitely not the worst episode because he said party pooper a bunch of times and it was funny. He just co-ops any term he hears. He's just like, like in, um, what was it? And no, uh, infinity war. He's like, fairly well morons <laughs> <laughs> or whatever years he, he just like takes it. He's like, yep, that's the word. Uh, all right. Good to know that we weren't too far off on each other. On no, that definitely one. not. Uh, number six for me was what if, Zombies. Really? Um, yeah. Now, here's the thing. I really, really, really liked Marvel Zombies, the comic series. Um, in particular, I liked that in the comic book series. Now, I only read the first like major run, and I read Army of Darkness versus Marvel Zombies. 
I didn't read all any of the extended ones, so I'm just basing off these two. But what I really liked about those comic books was that despite the fact that these heroes were zombies, that they still were uh, sentient, I guess, or they 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 weren't just go, walking around going brains, like they were. It was still Tony Stark. It was still Hank Pym. It was still Spider Man. You know what I mean? They were just, they just happened to be zombies, and when. I thought a zombie episode was happening, or excuse me, when I knew a zombie episode was happening, I thought that was the route they were going to take, but they didn't. I see. And it was just, everybody's a zombie. And yeah, they still have their powers and stuff, but I really, I think if they would have done it from the opposite point of view, I think I would have enjoyed that episode a lot more. Mm. Uh, That is what makes the Marvel Zombies comic run so interesting, is that it's from the perspective of them being zombies, like not from the surviving heroes like we only see the surviving heroes whenever the zombies are interacting with them (laughs) and it's from the point of view of the zombies so like we're just getting it as like a third person um so i'm with you Uh, but that episode to me uh stood out as one of the best what did you think of the i didn't particularly like the voice actor for peter parker agreed not my favorite everything else was fine uh he sounded uh, Paul too Rudd much in like a jar. Michael J. Fox. It sounded like he was doing a, like a Michael J. Fox impression. <laughs> I like that they they put Paul Rudd in a in a jar and were like, "Paul Rudd, you just be you." And all Paul Rudd did was like, "Hey, I'm in a jar, man. Hey, isn't this weird? What am I doing here?" <laughs> it's just like they gave him nothing of like substance to do. They're just like, "Okay, this is all just funny shit that we wrote. Say it, Paul." But I still liked it. Um, <laughs> Okay, so that was my number six. So what did you have as the middle of the road episode? Um, number five. Let's see. Number five, episode one, two, three, four, five. Okay, uh, that would be the second episode. What if T'Challa became Star-Lord? I loved that episode. For a while, until some of the later episodes of the season, that was my number one. Uh that was that was fun because I I love the Guardians episode like Guardians movies I mean um, those are among my favorites of the MCU um, and I I do, I do love Black Panther I love T'Challa I love Chadwick Boseman and just seeing how different everything went down with by changing that one aspect of things of T'Challa mm-hmm. becoming Star Lord like I just loved how unique and different it was and with it being only the second episode of the season it really set a standard. Uh, for what could be if you when you take and you really kind of don't follow the storyline too closely of the events of Guardians Volume One or Two or whatever. So, all right, all right, you're allowed. You're allowed. Um, for number five, I actually put five and four because they're practically what episode one episode. I had and number five, what if the Watcher broke his oath, and number four, what if Ultron won. Uh, but to me, that was like one big episode. Yeah, that's fair. Um, but I, so I'm going to talk about both. Uh, what if Watcher broke his oath, where he assembles the uh, the Guardians of the Multiverse? I enjoyed. It was it was okay. Like I said, it's middle middle tier. It's like middle of the road for me. Um, I enjoyed the team aspects, but I liked what if Ultron won a little bit more because that was to me aside from the fact that. The guy they got to beat James Spader was a terrible James Spader. I did not like his voice. Agreed. Um, 
and I thought it was going to be a secret. I was like, oh, what if, like, they, they didn't put him in the credits. What if, like, what if he's back? Of course, they didn't get him back. Um, too busy doing the blacklist or whatever he's on. Um, but I was like, this version of Ultron is like a hundred times superior than the version of Ultron we got <laughs> in Age of Ultron. Like, this guy is here to fuck shit up. And I really liked it, especially like him growing bigger and bigger and bigger. And I'm smushing these two episodes into one. Like, taking a bite out of a freaking galaxy, just like, I'm killing everything! <laughs> like, yeah, I just, I really liked it. And it, to me, it's sort of undercut, because I, I, you know the MCU is going to introduce Galactus. You know they are. And it undercut Galactus. I was like, man, that should have been something I saw with Galactus. Taking that bite out of the fucking universe, man. Um, <laughs> I just hope, I hope Galactus is way more badass, because you know they're going to bring him in eventually. Um, so yeah, I, I, I smushed both of those together, five and four, uh, what if Ultron one and what if Watcher broke his oath? Um, what do you have at number four? Number four, as in the four, fourth, four, fourth best, fourth best, okay. fourth from no, the yeah. top, fourth best. I actually have episode four, which is what if Dr. Strange lost his heart instead of his hands? Very nice. Yeah, I uh, that that episode was fantastic. I mean, I think introducing this darker version of Doctor Strange was really really cool. Um, to see what he went through. I mean, this was a this was a tough episode to to like. It took a real emotional um hit. Like there was so much he tried. Like he tried so many different ways to try to save uh Christine and no matter what, it's a fixed event. Like he could not change it. And like, just think about like the person that you love. And if you were presented with the same problem, like no doubt you would go down a dark path. Like I, I felt so much empathy and sympathy for his character. Um, and embracing these like dark arts to try to like solve this, this problem he was having. Um, this is a great episode. I agree. That episode is, is, fantastic um yeah it's it's really good and i liked the 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 that it was like an episode of the twilight zone almost like yeah where it just did not end the way you thought it was gonna end like he ends up destroying the entire universe like not just earth not just the not just the milky way but the entire universe in his in his little corner of the multiverse he just destroyed it all <laughs> it was just like man that sucks sucks for you steven it really sucks for you. Um, what did you have at number three? Number three, I put uh, episode nine. The um, what if uh, the Watcher broke his oath? Oh yeah. Um, I really liked the what if Ultron won and the what if the Watcher broke his oath. That sort of super episode. Um, I think why this one is not as good as Ultron winning um, is because the team that they put together to me felt a little flat. Like it was too heavy handed focused on Dr. Strange's abilities. He kind of like without him on the team, I think I even saw a meme. It was like the guardians of the multiverse at 99% strength is no, I'm sorry. The guardians of the multiverse at hundred percent strength is all of them together. The guardians at 99% strength is Dr. Strange by himself. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> so, 
it was just like he was absolutely way OP by comparison to the rest of their abilities. I also didn't like like the watcher using Killmonger in that, like to add him to the group. I realized he had ulterior motives with that, but um, I just, to yeah, me, was, that, was the watcher not even looking <laughs> at yeah. Killmonger's story? <laughs> well, and I think to myself, like if he, he chose these people because he's manipulating it, you know, to, to reach a certain outcome. Like, I don't know. It, I'm not sure how I feel about that, but also <laughs> we are, we saw in the previous episode, the watcher got, got his hands dirty. Like he actually showed off his power set, but then wasn't going to do that in episode nine. Like he just sat back. Like when he has these like really impressive cosmic abilities, like to me that felt weird. So that's why it's not higher on the list. But uh, that's what happens, man. When you have phenomenal cosmic powers, but just a little itty bitty lives in space. <laughs> Uh, number three for me, get this, Shaf. Are you ready for this? Hey, Kev, did you see this? Did you hear about this? My number three was, <laughs> what if Killmonger rescued Tony Stark? Oh, no. We're totally now, backwards. Now, the reason why I really, I liked this episode a lot was, um, wasn't so much the Killmonger aspect. He was fine. But I really liked the idea of, what if Tony Stark never had this instance to put him on a path to learn his lesson, I guess, is the best way to describe it. And he never became Iron Man. So the whole time he just like was like, yeah, I'm Tony Stark and I'm just getting more selfish, more Tony Stark, more selfish, more Tony Stark. And <laughs> I I just felt, I enjoyed it. <laughs> it was like Tony Stark's a fucking dick, man, and I love it. <laughs> like I love like when he punched Obadiah's stain, <laughs> I was like, dude, it was that easy. All you had to do was sock him in the jaw that one time <laughs> in the beginning. Whole plot Iron Man taken care of right there. Um, I just liked the characterization of Tony Stark without him becoming Iron Man. And that's what really pushed the episode over for me. I just really liked it. Um, so, yeah. That's fair. Uh, what did you have at number two? Number two was What If Ultron Won? So, Ooh. yeah, I, I really enjoyed that episode. Like you said, it was um, really interesting to watch Ultron like in his just massive form, it bothers me because I have the entire Lego minifigure set. It bothers me that they did not make an Ultron figure. Like they made a Gamora figure and that, that character only <laughs> featured very briefly in season one because they cut that episode out. But like, I'm looking at the set of minifigures from this, this Marvel line. And like, I'm wondering, I hope they release like an Ultron set down the line. Cause I absolutely got to pick up that Ultron minifig with all the infinity stones in his chest and everything. Like he badass. <laughs> it is pretty freaking sweet. I'll tell you that. Um, wait, is there not a figure of that? I figure like, I felt like I saw one. Maybe I saw a concept art instead. I don't know. Um, I mean the way he does away with Thanos so quickly, <laughs> Oh, dude, he made Thanos he, he, he straight bitch. up Kung He straight up Kung Lao's him right down, <laughs> right down the middle. <laughs> right down his face. Oh, man, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Like I said, <laughs> he's the superior Ultron. Like, where was that Ultron in Age of Ultron? Like, all we got in Age of Ultron was this robot who, who's acting like Tony Stark. Um, okay, so that was your number two, right? Yep. That was your right. second best? Okay. 
my second best was get ready for this. What if Earth lost its mightiest heroes? I knew that one was high on the list for you because you had talked so much about this Michael Douglas character. <laughs> the way Michael Douglas is in this episode, I really liked. I really like how they had him look. That wasn't why I liked the episode a lot, but it it definitely helped. But like the way that they're just like, it was like it was like Michael Douglas went to one of those character artists that you see on like the Arizona State Fair. <laughs> draw me <laughs> like that's just, and he's tired and he's like okay i'm gonna draw you and turns around how he looks <laughs> in the show like it was so funny to me i was like i can't believe how how they drew him it was just so funny um but i really liked the idea i liked that i liked the mystery like how are all these heroes dying what's taking them out what's gonna happen and then the the quote-unquote twist with hank pym i don't know man it was just speaking to me that episode was speaking my language shaf i was i was enjoying it a lot it was pretty mysterious it was and it was the only one that felt like even though everybody was dying it was the only one that felt like the avengers it felt like the movies that we're not getting anymore like the the original team yeah so it's that's that's why i liked it that's why i liked it I like it. Okay. All right. Drum roll, please. So this is it. We're coming down to Shop's number one episode of What If, the absolute best of season one, according to Shop. What is it? <laughs> it is What If Zombies. Oh, I had a feeling. Yeah, I loved this episode. It has it had so much fan service. It 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 got me so excited about like this comic book arc that I immediately reached out to Vactor. I'm like, I want this. I want this. I need some zombies in my life. So he helped me, got me set up on the, the, uh, Robert Kirkman arc. <laughs> and I, I read it all the way through such an excellent storyline. I like, like you said, I do wish that this episode was from the perspective of them being zombies and still, you know, retaining some, uh, idea of, of themselves and, and their characterizations, um, but still like recognizing their need to feed. So it was kind of like sympathetic to their cause. Um, but even still like the amount of characters that they were able to fit into this and it was all the main characters. It was a lot of interactions with like you had a, a moment between, uh, Captain America and Bucky. Like mm-hmm. you had like really cool moments with that. You had, uh, this Falcon scene, uh, coming into play. You even had Sharon Carter in this. Yeah. I mean, like everybody was in this, um, to me, it was one of the most fun episodes, but also had the most weight and the most impact. So, uh, and then the way the episode ends, oh my gosh, with a zombified Thanos in Wakanda. Like, I loved that. I was like, oh yeah. shit, this is yeah, bad yeah, news. Yeah. Bad news bears. He had, yeah, I mean, it all, every the whole rest of the world plays out exactly the same, but zombies. So of course Thanos is coming into Earth to get that, in, to, to get the Infinity Stones. It just was wrong place, wrong time, buddy. <laughs> when he had that. Um, I forgot about that ending, actually. You're right. That was pretty good. That was pretty good. Uh, my number one drum roll, please, was what if Doctor Strange lost his heart? It was my favorite episode of the entire season. Uh, I just really liked how 
it wasn't afraid to be like, hey, like this is just going in a really dark place and this guy is going crazy and he uh, he's trying everything he can and nothing is going to work out. <laughs> like I just I liked it because it was so different. Yeah. And I was really hoping that more episodes would be like that, that they would take more of a turn to not a, a happy ending. Not that these all have happy endings exactly, but you know what I mean? Like there's no way you would see a Doctor Strange movie with that ending or any Marvel movie with an ending like that. Um, not just destroying the universe, but like a really grim ending. The only one I can think of was Infinity War. Yeah. Um, and it's just so different from the mold, the Marvel mold that I was just really taken back by that episode. And I was like, that's a good one. Plus, I just love Doctor Strange. I mean, he's one of my favorite characters. And Benedict Cumberbatch did a really great job, I think. Um, and oh, his yeah. character also looks like he got his character done at a state fair. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, so I've been writing down your list com- compared to Mind Shop. And it's really interesting because the majority of the episodes you thought were the worst, I thought were the best. <laughs> and vice versa. And we did not overlap once. No. <laughs> in any episode. <laughs> very interesting. Um <laughs> Very, very interesting. You know what? I'm going to call on our corrections department and our comic book expert factor uh, to next week. This doesn't have to be your whole segment, guys, but just out of curiosity, I want you to rank your episodes. Just say worst to best. Don't worry about going into the details why. I just want to hear your worst to best. Then I'll compare them next week. Uh, Maybe we'll do that at the end of the episode next week, if they remember to do it. Um. Cool. All right. Well, that's going to wrap up this week's episode of Geek So To Speak podcast, you guys. Thanks for sticking with us. If you're not already subscribed, hit the old subscribe button. Smash it. If you're watching us on YouTube, that's where you smash it. You hit the likes, you leave a comment, you do all the things. Or whatever uh, platform it is you're listening to us on. You're If you made it to the end, you're more than likely already subscribed. But if you're not, go ahead and hit that subscribe. We appreciate it. If you want to... Uh, Give us a special shout out. You can always visit us on anchor.fm. Link is in the show description to leave us a nice voicemail. Or if you want to be like the chosen few who who decided to donate some of their hard-earned bucks to help keep the show going, by all means, there's a donation button on the anchor.fm page. And we thank our monthly donators. Thank you so much. Because if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't be drinking Monsters. And that's what I call charisma <laughs> in a can, you guys. Yes, thank and you, thank you, thank you. Yes, Shaf appreciates it too. Uh, if you're looking to find us on social media, us as individuals, because you already know where to find the show on social media, well, you can find my best friend in the whole wide world, Shaf, at S-H-O-F-F-V as in voice, O as in over. That's Shaf V-O on Instagram. And Fiverr, did you guys know that Shaf is quite the accomplished voice actor? Yeah, He's got so much voice over work, it's coming out of his butt, you guys. <laughs> he can bar- he can barely even live without thinking about voice over work. So if you- that doesn't mean he doesn't have time to do your stuff, though. He's very <laughs> competent. Don't get me wrong. So if you need voice over work done for any little thing, anything at all, visit Shaf on Fiverr. Shaf VO. Uh, very great work. Very reasonable rates. Right, Shaf? That's right. Super reasonable. Almost too reasonable. <laughs> yeah. Now, if you need somebody to not do any voice work for you, but you just want to follow them on social media, that's where I come in. At Wonder Rob, W-O-N-D-E-R-R-O-B on Instagram and Twitter. You can find my other very best friend in the whole wide world, Vactor, 
on Instagram and Twitter, V-A-C-T-O-R. He's actually on pretty much every social media platform under that handle. And you can follow my other best friend in the whole wide world, Mark Bibbert, our corrections department, at M-A-R-C-V-I-B-B-E-R-T on Instagram and Twitter. All right. For next week, I don't know what we're talking about next week. I do. Oh, tell, tell them what we're going to talk about next week unless we don't. Okay, so we're recording this episode on Friday, October 15th, and ideally the episode will be out tomorrow, Saturday, but what's also happening this weekend is DC Fandom, and <gasps> That's there's right. going to be a ton of reveals, including a new Batman trailer, we might even get a Black Adam trailer, finally, a real one. African American uh, Adam <laughs> that's right my bad uh, <laughs> and a bunch of other stuff a bunch of reveals from dc tv type shows and and uh just a ton of stuff so uh oh and i think we might even get potentially a teaser trailer for the flash movie and that's probably what i'm most Ooh. excited about so i think you're right me too me too for sure so um so this weekend is going to be a big weekend when it comes to dc news so we'll have plenty to uh, recap in our next week's episode. Well, there you go. Shaf nailed it. He he put it in the envelope, licked the the stamp, and sent it off in the mail. That's what, that's what he did. So we're going to be talking about DC Fandom next week, and there's only one place to find us with that. Uh, and that, of course, would be our catchphrase. Why don't you start the catchphrase, Shaf? <laughs> I tried to do like a really cool transition into the catchphrase, but I didn't think it through. So, so. It's all good. It's all good. Where where are they <laughs> going to find us for all the DC fandom coverage, Shop? Well, they're going to have to tune in. Same geek time. Same geek channel. <laughs> what if I stop talking and stop recording the podcast? You guys are fucking lame. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. The weekend. It's about damn time.